you know, what I love about goalie is, is kind of this underdog position. Um, not a lot of people obviously want to stand in front of a ball and get hit, you know, for fun. So, um, welcome to the lax goalie rat podcast. Every week we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie. On this show, my job is simple, of course. It's track down the best goalies in our sport, interview them, hear their stories, find out what makes them so great. How did they get to the level that they're at? What are the drills that they do? What are the mindsets that they have? What are the lessons that they've learned along the way in their lacrosse goalie career? And hopefully with each episode, you can pull out a thing or two and apply it to your own game. I know I certainly do, even though I've been playing and coaching this position for well over 20 years. My guest on the show this week, going back to my alma mater, Cal Berkeley women's goaltender. It's Riley Drullinger from the West Coast, coming out of the state of Oregon, Portland, Oregon, Portland, Oregon to be exact. Great to chat with the Cal Bears starting goalie and hear her story, how she ended up at Cal, how she ended up wearing number 30. I was number 30 at Cal. Riley is number 30 at Cal. So ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this conversation with Cal goalie Riley Drullinger. Before we get started with this episode, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is the Lacrosse Goalie Summit 8. The event is here, Lacrosse Goalie Summit 8, December 19th through the 23rd, five days of amazing virtual lacrosse goalie coaching sessions, all coming to you live and all for free. The events are free to attend live, show up to as many sessions as you can and level up your lacrosse goalie game. Super excited for this event. We have some amazing lacrosse goalie coaches who are going to give you awesome, awesome presentations. I personally can't wait. I hope to see you there as well. We've got Drake Porter and Matt Gill from Goalie Smith. We got pro goalies like Owen McElroy, Colin Kirst, uh, Taylor Moreno. We've got awesome goalie coaches, Focus Lacrosse, Tim Cassie, Mo Spellman, Pat Wallace from Goalie Guru. Goldie Gurus, Emily Sterling, Rachel Valarelli, stringing wizards like Mr. Wonderful and the Sidewall Jedi. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Um, did I mention Matt Noons is going to be there? Simon Bellamy is going to be there. All the sessions are free to attend live Monday, December 19th at 2 p.m. Eastern. We get started. Sign up. GoldieSummit.com. GoldieSummit.com. Dot com, enter your name, enter your email. You'll start getting all the links and all the information for the event. And if you want, you can buy the VIP pass. VIP pass is going to give you lifetime access to all those recordings. So if you cannot attend live, you can go back and revisit those sessions. I do that all the time. <laughs> In fact, just the other day, I went back to Lacrosse Goalie Summit 4 and watched part of one particular session when a goalie uh, asked me a question on that particular topic. These are tremendously valuable goalie coaching sessions, all with the 
uh, idea of leveling up your goalie game. It's for all ages. It's for the boys. It's for the girls. It's for the goalie moms and dads. I can't wait to see you there. Monday, December 19th, that entire week, uh, we're going to have all of the sessions. Lacrosse Goalie Summit 8. Sign up. GoaliesSummit.com. Take care. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome to the Lax Goalie Rap podcast, uh, starting goalie from my alma mater, California Golden Bears, Riley Drillinger. Yep. There it is. Riley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, of course. This is going to be fun. Um, I'd love to hear the story about how you first started playing goalie. Do you remember that? Yeah, so I started a little bit later than some of my teammates. I started in fifth grade. Um, grew up in Portland, Oregon, right outside the city. So non, you know, lacrosse area, not super big over there. It is definitely getting bigger. Um, but yeah, I started in fifth grade. I played basketball my whole life, all through high school as well. So I was really into that at the time. Um, but around like third, fourth, fifth grade, like I wasn't really playing any organized sports, um, wasn't super interested in doing that. So it was kind of a surprise when my mom was like, Hey, like, have you ever heard of lacrosse? Like, do you want to try it? And I don't know why, but I said, yes. Um, and I ended up joining, uh, the Clackamas youth program. That's where I started out. Um, it actually started as an attacker. So they already had like a goalie who had kind of been there for a few years, um, didn't think much of goalie at all until all of the running started. And then mm. I was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe goalie will be more my speed. I've never been a good runner, you know, getting up and down the field wasn't like super easy for me. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Like they were looking for another goalie. I was like, I might as well just give it a try. I used to play soccer growing up, loved being goalie. Anytime I was in PE, like I was always designated goalie. And it wasn't because I was like not good at the sport we were doing, but it was just like everybody was like, oh, you can save everything. Like whether it was like handball or like, I don't know, gym floor, hockey, soccer, that kind of thing. So kind of had a little bit of that PE background and some of the, you know, goalie positions. Um, and there was actually one time in like second grade where we played lacrosse. Uh, didn't know what it was, um, but surprise, surprise, I played goalie. Then it was a field stick and stuff. Didn't really know. Didn't get reintroduced to it until fifth grade. So, um, yeah, and it kind of just sticked from there you know, or stuck from there. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. playing goalie, I really liked it. I thought the gear was cool. I thought, you know, being able to save the ball and like stuff like that was like a lot more fun than like scoring to me. So, um, yeah, kind of just fell into it randomly and never left, you know, since fifth grade on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did this, this one post where I said like goalies become goalies for one of three reasons. And yep. one of them is the hate running. You don't like running. And I, I was definitely, a, I was a big time that was a big time influence on me because, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of running in the, in the field in lacrosse. And even like when you play goalie, like you still do like the team running, but there's like a lot of drills. Uh, like I'm thinking in particular, I do you, did the girls do this West Jenny drill? Oh, like, I definitely. Yeah. Wait, can you re-explain it to me? Yeah. I yeah. I'll explain it. So like, basically you put the two goals, like pretty close together, pretty close together. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe like, 30 yards apart so they're pretty close and then it's a three on two right so three three attackers come two defenders and then there's a play and then like whoever touches the ball last 
is um, out of the play and the other two people are the defenders. So they run back and okay. now you got, so it's just, it's three on twos back and yep. forth, back and forth. So like the offense is and defense is running up and down, exactly. but you, as the goalie, you're just sitting there making saves, right? So there's not that exactly. much running, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, we've it. definitely done that. You done uh, that drill? Uh, as well as like the Olympic style. We did that a lot the last mm-hmm. couple of years, um, putting the goals pretty close and kind of playing those sixes. So yeah. Same yeah, when when sixes came out, a lot of people said this is like glorified West Jenny, like up yep. up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, so that's cool. What what would you say then is now after all these years is your is your favorite part of being uh, a goalie? I think I kind of like, you know, when I think about myself as a person, like I'm not kind of, you know, I'm I'm kind of the background character and stuff like that, or the underdog, if you will. You know, when I played basketball, it was never the three point shooter. I was the post player. You know, I was getting down, grabbing rebounds. You know what I mean? Getting dirty in the post and stuff like that. Um, so it kind of liked to not be like the star of the show, I guess. So, you know, what I love about goalie is it's kind of this underdog position. Um, not a lot of people obviously want to stand in front of a ball and get hit, you know, for fun. So um, I would say definitely just like kind of doing the dirty work on defense, right? Like we talk about it all the time, like defense wins, wins championships and wins games and stuff. And like, you know, I love being kind of that leader in that sense on defense. Um, And then obviously like saving the ball, like that's the best, you know, Mm -hmm. part of it just to be able to kind of kickstart the offense and that kind of quick transition. So I would say some, those are some of my favorite things is like, obviously making a sick save. Um, I'm really active outside of the cage. So I love any time that I, I get to engage with, you know, the field players, you know, dodge, kind of really showcase my skills in those ways. Um, and then definitely just being kind of that underdog position for sure. Yeah. Well, one thing about the goalie, I mean, you can certainly be in the spotlight. It's not, uh, you know, yeah. it's like, it's one of those positions where um, whether you like it or not, the spotlight's on you and that can be very good. Right. Or that can be very bad. Like when things are not going good and the spotlight's on you, you're like, Ooh, you know, I feel like I'm letting the team down or, or there's just yeah. a lot of added pressure. Uh, do you feel that way sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, that's something I talk about a lot with like my youth goalies, like mental game is a huge part of like my training growing up. Um, and also kind of what I implement into my game as well as mm. the girls on the coach. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, you can look at a score and be like, that's kind of a reflection of my play. Right. And one thing I try to remind myself when I get frustrated is like either I turn my focus kind of away from myself and like say, okay, if I'm getting frustrated with the score or myself, or I'm getting scored on a lot, I'm going to try and focus on how can I help my defense to give me those better shots? You know what I mean? So I try to take it from internal to external, obviously in a positive way and just be like, okay, how can I problem solve to get the shots that I want to see? So one of those is that. Um, And then the other thing that I always remind myself and the girls that I coach is like, the score is obviously not a reflection of your play. There's so many other aspects of the game um, that happen from the draw to the ground balls, right. To the shots that we take, you know what I mean? And then again, like if we miss a shot on the other end, it's got to get through 11 other people before it gets to me, you know? So it's got a, it's kind of a reminder to myself that like the score is not just one singular person, right. If I'm not going to sit here and blame the offense, like why would I sit here and blame myself? Right. Mm -hmm. We're a unit. That's how we function. 
Um, you know what I mean? So that's kind of something that uh, my class and like a couple classes before me, I've tried to implement into our team is like, Hey, like if you miss a shot, that's not a, like, you know what I mean? Like there's other things you can do to back that up. It's, there's a bunch of people who are here to help you. You know what I mean? So kind of reminding myself that this is a unit, you know, and not just a singular person's fault. Yeah. You mentioned learning those lessons uh, when you're growing up, like as a kid, like who, who taught you those? Like, how did you learn those, those mental lessons? Cause I think that they're very important. (laughs) And, you know, for someone of that age to get that kind of training, I think is awesome. So I I was just curious how, who, uh, who taught you those lessons? How'd you learn those? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I was like in seventh grade, one of the, uh, one of our family friends, um, their daughter, who was a few years older than me played goalie um, for the same program. And so that's kind of how I got interested in it. Cause we were friends, um, and stuff like that. So that was another side of like starting. Um, then mm-hmm. shortly after that, I was very interested in training in like, okay, what are the next steps? I'm super into lacrosse. I'm super into goalie. What are the next steps? Um, and so they're obviously growing up in a non, you know, lacrosse area, there wasn't a lot of specialized position work, um, in the lacrosse realm, draw taking, you know, goalie, et cetera. So the, our family friend, they were like, Oh, we have this really great trainer. He trains out of the high school that, um, I was going to go to, I ended up going to private school, but I trained with him and his name's coach Hayes. And like, he's been my go-to guy since seventh grade on, like every time I'm on a Thanksgiving break, winter break, summer break, like I'm always in the gym with him and stuff like that. And like, that's where I really first got introduced to kind of the mental side of the game. Um, I think like growing up, I was always sensitive in sports. Like I have this vivid memory of like being a three or four year old playing soccer, getting the ball taken away from me and just crying. Like I didn't understand (laughs) kind of the competitiveness. Right. Um, obviously wasn't like that as I got older, but still those frustrating things, like being a goalie, like getting scored on, I would get upset. You know what I mean? Like I felt like there was more that I could do. So, you know, being able to kind of go in and break things down with him, whether it was like family stuff, personal life stuff or sports, like he really helped me implement kind of that fire in me, you know, that determination, that motivation. So, you know, just by my continuous work with him, he taught me a lot about the mental game and just how to kind of control those emotions. You know what I mean? From distracting me from what I'm supposed to be doing in a game. Right. Yeah. Love that. A lot of credit to him for sure. Now, did he also teach you, uh, as you were a kid, did he also teach you sort of the, the building blocks of, of playing goalie, like the physical side as well? So that's the interesting thing is that he was not a lacrosse player at all. So, um, he had trained a couple of goalies before me, um, both went division one, which was cool. Um, they were three, four years older than me. Um, so he didn't have a ton of experience, but what he did do was that he would take these drills and like, we would implement the lacrosse stuff, whether it was like footwork, like I would be like, okay, maybe I do a ground ball or maybe I do this around the cage. And then I come in and you shoot on me. Right. He'd always have the tennis ball and tennis racket and stuff like that. So he wasn't a big like lacrosse trainer at that point. His main uh, sports were like basketball, football, um, and volleyball, but he took a lot of these like universal footwork drills and other things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then we were able to implement some lacrosse stuff, but over the years, his like 
lacrosse training groups have gotten huge. Like mm. I coach a lot of club team or like I coach for a club team and a lot of girls back home. Um, a lot of them are going to him, whether it's group training um, or one-on-ones and stuff. So I've really seen him kind of experiment with me and those other goalies to now expanding into more of the lacrosse world, which is awesome. And it's just kind of through his own personal research, which is something that I really appreciate was that he took something he didn't really know. Um, and he did a lot of research. We DM back and forth, different goalie things. So he could kind of understand our positioning and stuff like that. And like, you know, even though he wasn't like the traditional goalie coach, I really felt like he has been a huge part of my growth, um, you know, in the sport. That's awesome. Yeah. I think nowadays, you know, there's a lot of information available online. I mean, I've been, this is probably going to be podcast 180 something. So that's 180 hours of, of content you can listen to for free, but not only that, I mean, like there's a lot of Instagram, you know, trainers and coaches specifically the goalie position with drills and I mean, a lot of stuff. So like if there's a parent out there, even a coach, uh, you know, who doesn't know anything about the goalie position, like that, that's not an excuse. There's a lot of good information and you can dig in and learn like at least the basics. And I know this because a lot of parents have told me, Hey, I just studied your stuff. And now people are like saying, you're doing such a great job with the goalies and I'm just, you know, following the drills. So right. that's cool that he was able to do that. Um, and that would yeah. have been a while ago. That might've been pre-Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah, I remember he he's big on Instagram now, like just posting yeah. a lot, but I remember back then it was like, this huge thing like to get posted by him. So he didn't have a ton of content back then. Mm -hmm. Um, but that leads me into like my own personal training, like for myself, um, was just like you said, like just watching videos. I mean, I learned a lot by watching whether it was like, I go to the high school games locally and just kind of see what they do. Right. Or watching the college games. Like I would literally like in middle school, get up at 8am on a Saturday, just to watch like, you know, one of my favorite teams compete and just try and pick up. Sometimes I'd take notes, you know, I was kind of that crazy, you know, <laughs> awesome. super into it, which was yeah. awesome. So, but yeah, I learned a lot just by watching like, or reading the lacrosse magazines. Like I remember this one, I tore the page out. It was uh Kaylee waters. She had like, I think it was Kaylee waters. She had like a jump rope routine. So I would like rip out like pages of my locks, you know, us lacrosse magazines, um, write myself workouts, right. Go to the local park and just kind of try to implement those things. You know, I didn't have a cage at the time. So it was like setting up those cones in the way that I could work on the arc or work on coming off the post. Right. Um, so things like that. So I learned a lot by watching, um, YouTube videos, reading, watching, just playing, right. Like just straight up games. Um, and that's something that, you know, when parents come to me and they're like, you know, we only see you once, twice a week, what are things that we can do on the side, especially in the off season when we're not playing club or, or season. Right. Um, and that's one of my biggest things is like, watch as much as you can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You kind of, kind of, especially on the West coast, like I keep saying, like a non-traditional lacrosse area, like sometimes you really got to be your own coach. And that's kind of how I felt growing up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on the West coast. I mean, there's a lot of, um, non hotbeds where that, where that can be said, but certainly, certainly on the West coast. And, and, um, yeah, I was going to ask, uh, you know, you're heading into your senior year. So you're 21, 22 years old, something like that. Um, 21. 21. Yeah. Um, 
you know, who are, who were the goalies for you when you were growing up that you kind of watched and, and learned from Kaylee Waters, maybe you mentioned, were there, were there others? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you had those top teams. I think like it was always UNC and Maryland, like when I was in high school, like mm-hmm. always in the finals and stuff like that. So, um, you know, Megan Taylor, um, I think some of the biggest ones for me were like, obviously Devin Wills, um, mm. Liz Hogan, another big one. And then as I got older, um, I really tried to replicate my play after like Asa Goldstock from Syracuse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I loved kind of the natural way that she played. Um, I remember working with a, let's see, like a, a goalie camp one time and one of them, um, they were a guy coach and he was like, you know, one of the things about women's goalies is that sometimes we can play very robotic um in the sense that we're very technical with our movements whereas mm-hmm. like the men's goalies like they'll throw themselves at at the ball right and they're very natural in their play so seeing some goalies like asa play like that kind of helped me to kind of be like hey it's okay like it doesn't have to be perfect to make the save like you know what i mean sometimes yeah. i miss that save because i'm thinking so much about the technical side of things. You know what I mean? So that really is something that stuck with me from that conversation from that camp was that like to kind of try to implement a a more of a natural feel to saving the ball. Right. Mm. So Asa was definitely someone that I looked up to and tried to replicate from the dodging to how comfortable she was outside of cage. Um, So that's something I started to implement about maybe freshman, sophomore year of high school something like that. And then I've, you know, continue to try to develop that as well through college. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Ace is awesome. She presented at not the last goalie summit I did, but two summits ago on the clearing game. And it was great. Like that's such a strong element. She showed all these like videos of herself clearing and the, mm-hmm. um, the toe drag where she just jukes, yep. jukes the defender. I know I, yep. you know what video I'm talking about. Yeah. Exactly, awesome. exactly. Yeah. So she's great. How would you, and I know exactly what you mean about, you know, a lot of goalies, it happens on the men's side too, where you just get too technical. You're too like, all right, top hand goes to the ball, step, recover step. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're just thinking about all of the steps as opposed right. to reacting. If there's a young goalie, you know, who's listening to this and goes, oh yeah, that's me. That's me. How, how do you uh, recommend that they get more into that, you know, that flow state and not think about those steps? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously different for everyone in the way that we think and play. Um, you know, when I, I, I think to best answer this, like when I'm working with goalies and I'm kind of trying to implement this, like, it's like, Hey, like we have this foundation of moves and techniques, right. Top hand, maybe 45 degree angle, this arc. Right. Um, but I think to play more naturally, I'm like, you know, it's just about reaction. I mean, I think a big thing is just like tracking the ball and like whatever goes, goes. I think like this year we got a new coach um, and she, you know, has a very specific warm up that she has us do. And like one of them on the offside is like, she was like, I'm going to do a bunch of shots, different levels, but I only want you to save overhand. And then she'll be like, I'm going to do a bunch of levels again. And I'm going to do it underhand. Cause she's like, you know, there's a time and a place for both of these, but it's like, if you're in a game, whatever goes, goes right. Like, you know, like the last thing I want to do is like hesitate between like an up or over or sorry, like over under kind of save. Um, so it's like, try not to think too much about it and just like react as naturally as possible. 
Um, one of the things that I was talking to with a goalie the other day was she was kind of having her hands flat, you know, and I was like, you know, and she was really thinking about it. And I was like, think about this. I was like, if me and you were playing catch with a tennis ball, right. Would you catch it like this, like behind you? Like, no, you would catch it out in front. Right. So it just like thinking about like my stick as an extension of my hands, like, you know, or like something that I would play like a little game in my head during high school was like every shot, just act like it's a bad pass. Like you're playing pass with a friend, act like it's a bad pass. And like, just be like, Oh, I got that. I'm a step to it. Whatever it is goes right. If it's over, if it's under. So it's kind of just like trying to take the overthinking away from the play and being like, I know my fundamentals really well. And now I'm just going to flow with it when I get into the game. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I've done all these practices. I've worked so hard on my technique and things like that, that it's muscle memory at this point. So whatever goes, goes, and I'm just going to focus on that ball and focus on getting that top hand to it. Right. As if it were a bad pass or as if it were like just me and a friend playing catch. Right. I don't do all these weird things if I was playing catch. Right. So it's like going to it and always attacking, you know, Yep. Hopefully that makes some sense. Oh, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. And I think that, I think that, uh, you know, with reps too, with reps and experience that comes. Cause like when you're first starting anything, anything, any skill that you're learning, it's like you, there's, I I wrote this article about the four stages of learning. Like at first you don't even know what you don't know. Right. There's just so much out there. Right. And then, and then you start to get to a point where you're like, all right, like at least now I know why I missed that one. I know what I need to do. I'm not great at it yet, but you know, and and then you graduate to like, all right, I know exactly what I need to do. And I don't even think about it. That's like the, the top level, like, you know, driving a car, you know, like I I'm at the experience point now where I don't really think about it. But when I first started as a 16 year old or 15 year old, I was like, all right, gas pedal goes down. I checked this, I checked that. Like, you know what I mean? You're going through those steps more methodically. And I think with experience, Um, you can do the same with a goalie. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what I was touching on with the muscle memory and stuff. It's like, you know, I mean, with some of my older goalies, I'm like, you know how to do these things. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. know, the fundamentals, you know, the steps, right? Now it's time to kind of let that muscle memory, like work, you know, do its thing. And then all you got to focus on is the ball. Cause sometimes I'll find myself, whether it's practice or like some points in the game where like, I'm getting distracted by like, whether like it's my defense that I'm trying to kind of control or it's the technical movements, right? Like, it's like, oh, am I in the right position and stuff like that? It's like sometimes trusting that you've done this a million times that you know how to do it and like refocusing yourself on the ball. Cause sometimes like when I'm worried about the technical side, like maybe if I have a team where I know exactly what they do every time, like, cause we've scouted them, like maybe they're a huge feeder from behind, right? or a top driver, uh, kind of knowing that and just being like, I need to refocus myself on the ball rather than all this technical stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I love it. That's awesome. Um, how did you then, you know, you grew up in Portland, which is kind of like a budding lacrosse scene, I guess, like yeah. getting, getting bigger. Um, by the way, are there any, any goalies that come out of Portland, but besides yourself, any, any big time goalies? Yeah. So, um, so the family friend that I talked about earlier, she went to central Michigan, um, and a girl I started to work with a few years ago, actually committed to Cal. So she's following me, um, coming up next year. 
which is awesome. Sad we don't get to play together, but yeah. um, really cool that she's going to be doing that. I'm trying to think. I know there's definitely more, um, but off the top oh, of my head, that's good. I, I was right just now. curious. I was just curious if yeah. there's someone I need. Uh, so how do you? How did you go about getting? recruited getting seen by division one programs coming out of you know a non lacrosse hotbed yeah so um i did a lot of the work on my own i had some guidance um i think one year in my i think maybe sophomore year maybe junior year we had a recruiting like coordinator for that year um for our program so i kind of would you know have a few conversations with her here and there but pretty much everything I did was, you know, on my own, um, from like the templates, like I had email templates made, I had mm. spreadsheets made. So I think one of the biggest things for me was like being organized, you know what I mean? So I had these spreadsheets. Um, I tried to keep all of my options open from D1 to D2 to D3, um, mm. just so I had this wide array. I mean, when I first started recruiting, I didn't really know where I was, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm a D1 player. That's exactly what I want to do. You know what I mean? That didn't yeah. really come later. Um, and still at that time, like I was playing basketball. So I wasn't really sure. I wasn't good enough for like really good basketball. But like, I was like, oh, maybe I'll play like small school basketball or maybe like right. D3 lacrosse or something like that. I didn't really know where my skill level was at yet. But um, I had a, a friend of mine who had sent me a couple templates, showed me a couple things that she did. And from there, I kind of developed my own templates. Like I said, the spreadsheets. Um, I didn't, I wasn't really into the recruiting websites. Um, I had a YouTube video. I taught myself how to make highlight videos uh, using Final Cut Pro. So I, I did all that for myself. And then all the emailing and stuff was through me. So it was kind of just like, you know, end of season updates, summer tournament updates, right? Sending my schedule out to as many people that I could get done before that tournament or that camp or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the two biggest things were constant communication and being organized as much as possible. So um, I didn't get too many D1 looks right away. I know I talked to Penn for a little bit um, and then some other people via email. And then originally, like Cal had told me, no, like they had a goalie. Um, they were not looking for a goalie in my class. So I was really very close to going D2. There was a lot of schools I was very interested in, started lining up some visits and whatnot. Um, and then maybe like a month after I sent the first email to Cal, they reached out and they were like, hey, actually, like we're in need of a 2019 goalie. And from there, it was just kind of like, OK, winter camp, visit commitment. So it was pretty quick mm. after that. Um, but yeah, I kept my options open. Um, I communicated very frequently as much as I could without being like super annoying. Um, you know what I mean? When it was relevant, I guess. Um, yeah. and then, yeah, just kind of staying on top of it as much as I could. Yeah. How did, um, thank you for sharing all that. I got some questions digging, digging into that. So how did you uh, re like you mentioned not knowing where you're at? Am I a D one player? Am I a D two player? my D3 player. Um, how did you figure that out? Yeah. So I think one of going back to coach Hayes, um, you know, his daughter was my age, different sport, but kind of going through the same process. So, you know, he was kind of dealing with that. He's done it before in the past. So he has a lot of experience with different sports and recruiting and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I told him like, I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. Like, I don't, I, I had kind of have had, been training basketball with him and then lacrosse with him. Um, and then 
you know, one of the things that kind of stuck with me that we talked about was like, he was like, don't limit yourself, you know? And that's something also like my dad had told me a lot growing up was like, don't just settle. You know what I mean? Like strive for as high as you can mm-hmm. and then see where you fall. You know what I mean? So I was like, at that time, probably around the end of freshman years, when I started to um, start my recruiting process. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to throw a bunch of D1. So I took the top 50 D1 teams, um, did a bunch of work trying to find the emails and whatnot, did the same thing. I did like top 25 D2, top 25 D3. And then that's kind of how I started. Um, so I think, you know, from my dad and, and Coach Hayes just being like, hey, don't settle. You know what I mean? Don't just settle at a certain spot, right? Like strive, you know, work hard for it and let's see what we get. You know what I mean? So it was kind of just like keeping my options super open, you know, throwing out as many emails to different teams and programs of different, you know, divisions and whatnot, even NAI at that point as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a big thing was just, you know, striving as high as I could and then seeing where I landed beyond that. Yeah. Awesome. What, um, when you talk about being organized and these spreadsheets, like what, what data is in, what, what columns are in there? Is it like, you know, the coach's name and the email last time you contacted him or talk to me about that if you could. Yeah. So I kept them separated like D1, D2, D3, so that I had like, you know, a little bit of separation there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would do, um, obviously the school, then the head coach, um, then the assistant coaches, if I could get their mm-hmm. emails. Yeah. Um, and then a recruiting, like, um, re- some, some teams have recruiting emails that they use. So I kept that in. So any information I could find email wise that I could, I would keep it in there. Um, sometimes location of the places. And then yes, like if I had talked to them, I would leave the date there. Um, and then one other thing was like, I know a lot of schools do like recruiting questionnaires. So I, if I had time to do recruiting questionnaire, I would mark it like, okay, I've done it for this school so that I had it all there. Um, that was kind of the biggest part. Um, and then like for different tournaments and stuff, I would create a separate one, see like on the college coaches list, like who is going to be there and then kind of copy and paste and have like a form like, okay, these are the emails that I need to email for this specific tournament. So that was kind of the way that I organized things so that I kept track of calls, you know, who was at certain tournaments. Uh, I went to a showcase or a camp. I made sure to kind of email them and be like, hey, it was awesome working with you guys at this tournament uh, or camp or whatever it was um, and expressing my interest in that program. That's smart. That's smart. That's awesome. I don't know how it was when you were doing your recruiting process, but nowadays, like it seems like most of the university websites have the coaches' emails. So, you know, you could just go there and like look it up. Like I'm on the Cal Women's Lacrosse website, Jennifer Wong One at Berkeley.edu. Yep. So there you go. Like it's right there, right? So you 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 can you can easily get those. Um before yeah. I don't think it was always that way. <laughs> no, so a lot of times like and still like I, I even do this kind of exercise with the girls that I work with, um, either virtually or in person, just to get them organized. A lot of them do like Instagram and like recruiting websites now. Um yeah. still sometimes when we're looking at these schools, they only have like a recruiting email. So one of the things, mm. I don't know how I figure this out, but every school has like a, um, directory. So I was able to go in there, 
um, look at the directory, find the lacrosse section with the coaches. And a lot of times they're hidden in their, you know, website directory. So that was another way that I went and like pursued that, um, was just kind of a little bit of digging. Um, but that was kind of a trick that I've taught, you know, the girls I work with now is like, you know, it's not always a recruiting email, um, Mm -hmm. look in these places and sometimes you can find them there as well. So that was kind of my digging searching. And then if you were going to go to a tournament, you could then look to see what schools were going or coaches were going to be in attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's, I mean, I know she's a new coach now, but let's say coach Wong, right. It was going to be there. You would email her and say, Hey, just wanted to let you know, like I'm going to be, going to be at that tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. Yeah. So I had some different templates for different things. Um, but yeah, one of the main one, like if I had a highlight video, like I would always link that, Oh yeah. Um, you know, just, just in case you never right. know. Right. Um, and then one of the things that like that I made a mistake about when I was, um, you know, first starting was only emailing head coaches. And a lot of times, which I learned obviously pretty quickly, um, after that was that a lot of times the assistants are the ones that are going to these tournaments and the ones that are doing the recruiting, right. The yep. head coach is organizing, like, obviously she's involved or he's involved. Um, but, you know, one of the things I would do was when I did send these emails with, you know, my tournament schedule, expressing my interest, um, you know, if I had additional things like, I don't know, like, uh, other tournaments coming up or things like that, I would try to implement them. Um, but I would always like put the, uh, head coach first and then CC the rest of them, including mm-hmm. that recruiting email. So I was just trying to like hit as many inboxes as I could in case, like maybe three out of four of them didn't see my message, but one did. And then they can, you know, if they're interested, they can spread that to the others. You know what I mean? So that was my way of like trying to hit every point of communication and see what I get. Like if you have one school and you email one coach, you have one chance. But if you have one school and four coaches, then you have four chances for someone to see that email. So I try to always keep up that communication and not just email one person, even if it was like, two out of four of the coaches were going to be at like, say, President's Cup, right? Um, I would still email all four of them or all three of them just to keep that on the radar. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. And now did you, uh, you are in the era where they could not contact you before September 1st of your junior year? Yeah. So actually, I think that that was put in place like maybe the summer going into my junior year, like, like right at the beginning of the summer, I remember it being like, um, like people were committing early and then like all of a sudden was like done. So there were some people that like I was kind of talking to, um, but, and then they were like done after that. So the problem with that, um, was that people tried to lock in players as quickly as possible. So it was like back in the day, like, yeah, I think it was called like laxpower.com or I don't remember what it was. They they've since shut down, but that website used to hold um, like the rankings for different right. things. Right. Um, which is where I kind of developed those spreadsheets at first. But the other thing that I noticed out of that was that they had like who was committed, you know what I mean? So it was like, okay, like I could go down this list of schools and say like, oh, okay, they have a 2019 goalie. Oh, okay, they have a 2019 goalie and kind of whittle down from there. So like when that legislation was put in place, 
I like looked and like, there were so many schools that already had goalies. You know what I mean? So I felt like the options were a little bit limited and they were already limited because it's like, I'm a West coast player trying to get recruited yeah. on the East coast. You know what I mean? So that was a little tough. Um, but regardless, I still emailed and messaged and, you know, did all the things that I could do, um, just to get on as many people's radars as possible. Awesome. What was it about Cal then that really, uh, drew your attention, really got your attention? Yeah. So I only had had one other visit before that. Um, I visited Penn, which was awesome. And that was something I could kind of compare to. Uh, like I said, I had some D2 visits lined up, but, um, I never made it to those because of my commitment to Cal. So the timeline on that was my first call was, uh, in November of my junior year with them. Um, I think that they had a goalie in place who ended up having to leave for like medical reasons. So that opened up that spot. Um, so it was kind of just a chance thing. And so they were like, Hey, we're having this winter camp. We would love for you to come out and, you know, so we can see you play. So they watched me in November and then they watched me in December, um, at their camp. And then, um, fast forward to the spring, they were like, Hey, we would love for you to come on this unofficial visit. And like, as soon as I got there, like I immediately knew, you know, I think that's, you know, the other thing that I tell people when they're recruiting is like, when you know, you know, like, it's just this feeling of like home to you. And like, that's exactly how I felt when I stepped on campus, you know, not only were the facilities amazing and the field was, you know, incredible, but like, it was just like, I love the area. I love how close we were to, you know, big cities. I think mm-hmm. one of the things about Penn was like, I didn't like the big city feel. The campus was great. It was obviously great school, but for me, the, the city was so overwhelming. So, you know, Berkeley was like, obviously this college town, but you have these huge cities within reach. So it wasn't like a rural school, but it wasn't like super, super big city. So I think that that middle ground for me was something that I really loved. Um, and then obviously I've been to the Bay like numerous times. My dad used to own a business down by the wharf. Um, so we had taken trips to San Francisco and I, I remember growing up, that was like one of my favorite places to visit. So, you know, I already had had this background of visiting and stuff. So when I stepped on campus, I was like, I just, I love the vibe here. I love the campus. Everything is very unique here. Um, very diverse group of people. So it was, it was really awesome. And like the team was very inviting, very, um, you know, friendly and stuff like that. So I really got a good feel for like what Cal was like, um, from going to classes to staying in a dorm to just kind of walking around campus in the facilities. So it was just kind of that feeling like this is home. Like I really like the girls that are here. They're very friendly. It seems like a great environment, you know, and, and, you know, not long after that I committed. So kind of knew right away. Awesome. Go bears. Go Bears. Yeah, go Bears. <laughs> um, I was looking at the roster of your guys' team. I was kind of expecting to see more California pl- California players because, like, you know, it's a public school. And so, like, yeah. most of the students are from California because if you're out of state, you pay, you know, way more, way more in tuition. Right. So it's like kind of a more of a incentive for in-state, you know, in-state people to go there. So I don't know what the numbers are, but I'm going to say it's like 75% California residents or something like that, like a high number. Not, but no, not, not on your guys' team. Talk to me about that. There's not that many, uh, there's not that many California, uh, players. Yeah. I, I think like having a good mix of like West coast and East coast is like, you know, I feel like 
you know, each area brings their own kind of style that is really awesome to mesh. I don't know exactly what the recruiting process was like for the coaches, um, the current team that we have. Um, but I, I would, you know, if I were them, like I would definitely want a mix of West coast, East coast, you know, South, like obviously like Texas, Georgia, those places are growing. It's just like, I feel like we bring this different kind of style and flair that we can kind of learn from each other, which makes this great kind of melting pot of different lacrosse players, you know? So, and I definitely see that every day at practice. Like you can kind of tell who the West coast players are, who the girls from the (laughs) South are, who the girls from the East coast, you know what I mean? So I think that that brings in, you know, a lot of different technique and styles and stuff that we can learn from. And, um, you know, like the two goalies that I work with are from the East coast. Um, and I think actually all of the goalies that I've worked with at Cal have been from the East coast. So even people in my same position, like I'm able to kind of learn some techniques or th- some things that they learned, you know, in a different area. Yeah. So I would, I would say I'm not hundred percent sure why there's not more California girls. Um, but, you know, that would be my guess is just having a nice mix of, you know, different styles and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, a couple of times that you also, you know, you coach, you coach goalies. Um, I'd love to hear about, uh, kind of what, what you're doing and, and, you know, and also, uh, I don't know, just some of your principles when it comes to, uh, coaching. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, obviously specializing goalies, um, I've definitely opened that up to, um, defense and attack um at a certain level you know i'm not gonna kind of throw myself out there and be like i'm the best attack coach and <laughs> you know in the world you know what i mean but like right. especially with younger players who you know i can teach technique to and stuff that's kind of the realm that i'm hitting with goalies it's kind of every level you know from beginners to people getting recruited um and stuff like that so i really first got started coaching like for a youth player that was in my program, I actually ended up transferring schools. So when I did do that in high school, um, they had asked me like, do you coach? Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like it's an hour out of my day, a couple times a week. Um, and I developed this really awesome relationship with this, uh, goalie who was in middle school at that time. Um, and I was like, this is, you know, this is pretty fun. I was getting paid 20 bucks an hour. I was like, this is is awesome. I was like, why not? You know? And and then when COVID hit um, and I got sent home, like there was kind of that, like that springtime that was like super scary. And then I don't know if you remember, like kind of like everybody kind of loosened up during the summer a little bit. So that's when I started working at uh, Redline Athletics, which was um, a gym, but it was more of like a training specialist. So I got, you know, involved in that. I was running lacrosse groups. Um, my trainer actually opened this place up. So he was like the head trainer. Um, and he hired me and some other kids he's trained on board. So I was doing like SAQ work, um, agilities, conditioning. So some stuff like outside of lacrosse weight training as well. So I was learning that part of things. Um, and then doing like these lacrosse groups on the side. So at that time I was only working with that one girl from my, from my program. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're working at this field up, up the street from my house and this, lady comes up to me and she goes, excuse me, are you Riley? And I was like, yeah, like, I don't like, who are you? Like in the nicest way possible, of course. And she was like, oh, like I'm blah, blah, blah. Like I work at, um, this high school. And I was like, oh, okay. I know you, we just have never met. 
right? We played against each other. And she was like, yeah, like I'm trying to find a field that people won't like kick us off of and stuff. And like, I'm running this, like, um, I think she worked at 3D at the time. And so she was like, yeah, I think I'm going to run it here. And I was like, oh, well, if you have any goalies, like I would love to volunteer and help out. And she was like, that would be great. Yeah. So the next two days I work this clinic with um, one goalie. And after the last day, her mom comes up to me and was like, do you do personal training? And I was like, I was like, I do a little bit here and there, but like, I'm not like doing a ton. And she was like, well, would you be interested in continuing working with, you know, my goalie or my daughter? And I was like, of course. Yeah. So from there, that's kind of what's like kickstarted everything was like that one random incident where this, you know, coach from Oregon comes up to me. Um, and I volunteer to work at this camp and then I get connected with this mom. And from then on out, it was all word of mouth. And like, I was just kind of piling these players on. So, um, that was kind of how my 2020 looked was, Mm -hmm. you know, doing a lot of mask trainings, outdoor parks, like trying to find a case we could to kind of do that. So, um, and then not having, you know, a season in the fall, like allowed me to stay home, do my schoolwork and continue that coaching. Um, so when I got back to school, that's when I started getting involved with, um, Skyline, which was a club team. And then that summer, some of the girls I worked with played on this new up and coming, um, club team called Oregon pride. And then I started working for them. So that's kind of like the beginning of everything. Awesome. Was that word of mouth? Yeah. Yeah. It's how it starts. And, um, you know, if people wanted to check out, I know you got like a specific page or, or, uh, Instagram account. If they want to check that out, where, where should they go? Yeah, it's uh, at coach underscore Drillinger, D-R-U-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. Long cool. one, but um, that's it for now because I'm, you know, trying to do some branding and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I like to showcase some of the things that I'm doing so they can, you know, people can get an idea of the things that I do um, before we, you know, meet in person and stuff. So I think that's also like a great way to connect Um and stuff like that. So I'm still getting used to posting and, and stuff like that. I'm not super great with social media yet, but, um, definitely something I'm, I'm working on right now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, give that account a follow. Um, I was just looking at some of the pictures on here. One of the photos says reluctant leader, reluctant leader. Talk to me, talk to me about that. Are you a reluctant leader? Yeah. So kind of like what I touched on earlier was like, Growing up, I was always kind of a background character. Wasn't mm-hmm. the most popular, wasn't the coolest. You know, I always like to kind of keep to myself or keep my friend group pretty small. Um, not always the type of person, still not to like raise my hand in class. Like, I'm, I I guess like I would consider myself more shy um, yeah. in those senses, like public speaking and all that stuff. So the article you're referring to is um, actually a club that I lead here and started um, with some of my teammates. Um, it's a student athlete, um, engagement group here at Cal, um, called bears United. It's a LGBTQIA plus, um, group for all staff and, um, and players who, you know, feel comfortable and want to join. So, you know, through my work with them, like I, I kind of fell into this leadership role, you know, something that I wasn't Mm -hmm. expecting. I had been in some clubs before, um, you know, as a member, going in and listening, but I never thought I would be on the other side of things like running it and stuff. Um, I was invited by one of my coaches to attend a meeting and it wasn't bears United at that time. It was actually called SAGSA, which is a student athlete, gay straight Alliance. 
that they were kind of trying to resurface after a few years of not being around. Um, and I was the only person that went like the only like athlete that went. So it was me and some faculty. So for the next few meetings over that, uh, 2020 fall, it was just me. And so when it got to springtime, I got a couple teammates on, we rebranded it as bears United. Um, and we actually threw a pride game, which was really awesome. Um, statement, we came up with like our own mission statement, uh, for the club, as well as a statement from, um, our team. So that was read at like the beginning of the game, we had shirts and stuff. So it was kind of this really awesome thing, like coming to life. You know what I mean? That was just a few of us. It was just me to start and then a few of us. So I always joke around and say, like, I fell into the presidency, like, you know what I mean? So, um, but it definitely has helped me, you know, come out of my shell a little bit more, you know, participate and, um, you know, be that leader of those, um, meetings and stuff like that. So, and then public speaking as well, which I had been awful at. So it was kind of like an opportunity for me to challenge myself and like step out of my comfort zone. Well, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I I feel like the position of lacrosse goalie did the same for me in a way. Like I, I was probably, I mean, I don't think maybe just from hearing your story, maybe not as shy. Like I was, you know, the captain of my wrestling team, but I was, I was pretty shy. Right. So then like all of a sudden, like when you're put into that uh, leadership position, which lacrosse goalie is like, you're the leader of the defense. A lot of people are looking at you. And and if you're not a natural born leader, I feel like you're you, you being in that position, you're pushing yourself, you're outside of your comfort zone and you do become a leader. And that's why I love this position so much. Cause I learned a tremendous amount of, of life skills, of leadership skills, ah, you know, through this little vehicle that we call lacrosse goalie. Right. Yeah, I can absolutely relate to that. Um, you know, I used to say like I'm two different people, like when I'm off the field and when I'm on the field. Um, mm. you know, before before I, you know, became super vocal, like they used to like call me the silent killer because like I would not say a word in goal. Like maybe <laughs> here, but I would not say a word. You yeah. know, and they were come on, just say like just say where the ball is, like simple things. It would always be I was so like, I don't know what it was when I was younger, but I was so shy and like I didn't feel like I had that voice, you know what I mean? So I started to develop that more um, as the years went on. And like, that was another thing that I I took into my recruiting was like, look, when I go to these tournaments and stuff, I might not always be the best goalie. A lot of people are going to be trying to look at these East Coast girls, you know, like with more experience and more training out there and stuff. So one of the things that like, as I got older was like, my thing is I'm going to be the loudest one on the field, no matter what. Yeah. So that was kind of a very different, you know, contrast to where I was and now where I am. And, and that's something that I learned, you know, through playing the position and becoming more comfortable and like leading a defense, you know, like I can definitely relate on that end. Like I was like, I'm going to be the loudest one and I'm going to communicate the best that I can. And like that became like my signature thing. Like I had coaches awesome. that were, were like some of the coaches that I talked to in my recruiting process, they were like, I wasn't even at your game, but I heard you from like two fields over and I walked over to watch your game. Like wow. a few times I had that happen. So I was like, okay, that's my thing. Then I'm going to be as loud as possible. So, you know, but then you take me off the field and I'm, I'm very reserved, shy, you know, mm-hmm. quiet, but then I'm like on the field, I'm loud, aggressive, like super into the game, you know? So yeah, kind that's of a some- funny little contrast there. Yeah. It's something I talk about quite a bit is that you know, who you are off the field does not necessarily need to be who you are on the field, right? You can sort of step into this alter ego and like 
embrace these 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 uh um, what am i trying to say embrace these qualities that are not necessarily you right mm-hmm. um and i do that a little bit with like even my own business like i kind of go by coach damon right and to yeah. me like right that's sort of like this alter ego of like when i'm in coach damon phase like you know he's this and he's that and he's this and right. right and you show up in a different way as opposed to just damon wilson like you know the the normal the normal uh, husband or or whatever. Right. So yeah, I talk about that quite a bit with goalies and I think it's really powerful where like, if you can get into this alter ego of like, all right, off the field, Riley's really shy, but like even, even giving it a name too, even giving it a name, like, but on the field, you know, crazy Riley is like, you know, she's the loud yeah. community, loud Riley or whatever, you know, whatever right. it is, she's, she's uh, a different person. So I think that's really strong. Yeah, absolutely. I I just feel like that has helped me, you know, grow as a person. And then when you, when I came up into Bears United, like I felt a lot more prepared just because of my background with, you know, leading meetings for, you know, watching film with the defense or just, you know, problem solving on the field and kind of being the voice of that, as well as like the main communicator on the defense. So it was like those kinds of things helped me with other things like doing speeches in school or like Mm -hmm. um, obviously running this uh, club now, you know what I mean? So like, definitely, I feel like I've picked up a lot of life lessons from goalie. And like, the other thing that I was just thinking about was like, another thing was like, I always like to work out by myself or like do things by myself. Like I never really wanted people to watch that process. And I remember there was sometimes cause we shared the gym that I trained in and like, I was always worried about like, okay, like people are watching and stuff like that. And like, one of the things my trainer said was like, doesn't matter who's watching just do your thing Mm. don't doesn't matter he would record a lot of things he's like he's like you're so different when the camera's on or when people are around and this was when I was younger so he's like he's like just do your thing like don't like don't worry about this external stuff you know what I mean and so that's kind of the things I try to implement is like when I'm giving a speech or when I'm running one of these meetings it's like try not to think about the external like not try not to focus on the eyes like staring at me or whatever it is and just like go with what I prepared with you know what I mean Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, I do know what you mean. <laughs> so going going back to the coaching then, you know, if there's a young goalie that, you know, let's say they're like eighth, ninth grade girl, and mm-hmm. or sorry, eight, nine-year-old girl. So just getting started, uh, super yeah. young. What what do you uh you know, what do you start with? Yeah, so I in my trainings, I love to break things down into like progressions. So um, you know, it's really easy to just throw you in the cage shoot some, see where you're at, kind of adjust. But I think, you know, breaking things down into like, okay, the step, the save, you know, or the hand-eye coordination, like breaking those things up can kind of simplify those things for them. So it's like, you know, if I have someone who's brand new, I definitely like to start with more of an evaluative like approach. Um, So there's one like ladder drill that I do um, that I like that helps the step. So for example, like if I have a ladder down, I'm going to ignore all the boxes in the ladder and I'm going to step at this 45 degree angle across it and kind of push off my back foot. Mm -hmm. So kind of trying to break down those positions and tell them why, like, why are we doing this? You know what I mean? Like whether it's first learning the step or we're doing like angle work in the cage, like I'm not going to shoot on them right away. We're going to do some reps with like, how do you move in cage? What are the most efficient ways you know what I mean? So I break it down into those things. And then another drill that I really like to do is with tennis balls, I'll have um, the goalie kneel on the ground mm-hmm. and just work on the motion with their hands. 
So taking the feet away and just working on the motion. I do the same thing with clears, you know, so then I can tweak things really easily, but also, especially for someone who's younger and just learning, like if you just throw them in the cage, I've seen a lot of times they get really frustrated, right? They don't know how to see track the ball well, or they don't know what to do with their hands or their feet. So by breaking those things up for them helps them to kind of learn those individual things and then putting them all together at that. You know, so that's kind of a lot of what I do is breaking things up. Yeah, smart. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, if you toss like, you know, an eight-year-old in there and start shooting at them, there's so many um, things that they need to learn and even bad habits that they have to break. Like a lot of young goalies, even if they know their hands need to go like to the ball, like their body instinctively goes away from it and right. then end up like swatting at the uh, at the shot. I don't know if you're like, if, you, <laughs> if, you see, if you've seen that, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, I get it, right? I get it. We've been in there. Absolutely. We've, you and I have learned, we know exactly what it's like to have, you know, this thing coming at you, this rubber ball coming at you. And it's not, um, it can be, it can be like, you know, it can be scary. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so I think, you know, the other thing, like not only can it be scary, but it can be very frustrating too. Like there are some younger girls that I work with that like, they just get so frustrated. So it's like, you know, like, yeah. let's stop, let's work on like, if it's low shots, right. Let's just work one spot at a time, you know, instead of everywhere shots, like let's just go one at a time and tweak it. And I think the other reason like that I love to like break things apart is like, is just that you have that repetitiveness, you know what I mean? So like, if we're doing like, I call it like around the clock, like these, um, they're kneeling and I'm shooting in these different areas, but I'm doing one spot at a time. Then Mm -hmm. they can really go through those motions of like, okay, I need my hands to start here. This is my default. And then I'm going to fully extend or whatever it is, punch my top hand. So they kind of learn those one things at a time. I feel like, especially for younger players, that's easier to absorb than just kind of putting them in a cage and like tweaking all bunch all the time. Yeah. What would you say to a goalie who is going through a slump? Uh, and that, that goalie could be you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been in, I, you know, I've been in my fair share of slumps and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, you know, and it, it's really hard to like reset. Um, one of the things like, you know, that me and coach Hayes have always done was mental, you know, some days I would come in and like, whether it was personal or, or sports related and just, he could tell right away, like what was wrong. Like he'd be like, what's wrong mm. instant tears. Then we're talking, you know, so sometimes our sessions weren't even workouts. Like we would call them mat talks. Like we would just sit on the mat and just talk life, mm. you know what I mean? So having that kind of resource was really great. So that's something I try to do for my goalies as well as like, Hey, like I'm not only your trainer, but I'm here to break things down for you too. Like I'm here to help you and support you in other ways than just building your lacrosse skills, you know, but for people who maybe don't have that, um, you know, especially with goalies, we're the only ones on the field, you know, like it's hard to kind of reset when you're in cage. Um, I think one of the things for me is having a routine. So when I get in the cage or like, if I get scored on and I pass the ball up, like I have this, like hitting the pipe, spin my stick kind of routine, almost like a free throw, like routine, mm-hmm. um, that I kind of, that's kind of my reset. Right. Um, the other things that I've learned, you know, working with like a sports psychologist that we we are lucky enough to have at Cal. Uh, one of the things was like different breathing techniques, you know, just to kind of distract myself from what's mm-hmm. going on and like focus on like, okay, for example, like box drill, like, like four in hold for four, four out, hold for four, and then kind of repeating that just to kind of, you know, catch my breath, refocus myself. Um, You know, I, I've heard a lot of people do a lot of other things. I think one of the things that uh, coach Hayes taught me was 
five second rule. He's like, okay, you get five seconds to be pissed off, do whatever you want. And then you're done, right? You focus on that next play. So I think like not only in training or practice, but in games specifically, like having like routines or like certain things that help you to kind of reset back and then focus on that next play. Yeah. My biggest advice is like, always go to that next play. You can't take the point off the board. So don't dwell about it. Right. Or don't dwell on it. Like reset, always focus that next play be like, okay, you scored on me high. I got you next time. Like play that game, like get that fire in you, you know, and be like, you're not going to do that again. Like I got that next time. Right. You know? So I think having routines, breathing techniques and other mental things for me is something that kept my head in the game. Love it. Love it. hundred percent agree with that. I think you should absolutely have, you know, a post post goal routine. Cause it's a really, you know, especially for youth. I mean, it's like a tough moment, right? You just got scored on and like all eyes are on you and you feel like you should have had it. And you, you know, there's, and and you might hear a chirp from the sideline, like so much stuff going on. It's like this really fragile moment. So it's like, you know, rather than just throw yourself into that situation, unprepared, like always have a routine, always have a routine and know like, yeah. all right, as soon as I get into it, boom, I go into the routine. I don't even need to think about it. Right. It's about yeah, what, right. what am I going to do if I get scored on? I already know it's, it's my routine and practice it, practice it too. Yeah. So that's the other thing is like, we talk a lot at our practices, like we got to practice how we play. Right. Whether that's like, you know, my routines or like, just like the speed of the game, like going as hard as possible. Like, I think like having those things just like with your fundamentals, right. It's like, I've done this a million times. This is my reset. I know what to do. You know what I mean? So after I get scored on deep breath, you know, talking with the defense, trying to problem solve. And that's the other thing is like, sometimes if you're too internal, try to turn it outwards a little bit, you know, and see how you can help your teammates, which then distracts you from the goal that was scored or like the frustrations that you have with yourself. Yeah. Love that. Love that. If I ask you about um, like a mental health type of question, there's been um, there's been some goalies, you know, a lot of goalies can struggle, uh, can struggle with mental health. And, um, you know, I'm curious what, you know, what your advice might be. It, it, it sounds like you might, you know, you're a member of the LGBT community, like, you know, a lot of people might be in that and like that might be dealing with stuff. The lacrosse goalie thing is a whole other thing that can challenge your mental health, you know, to a goalie who is uh, struggling mentally. What, how, how, you know, what would you say? Yeah. I mean, mental health is something that I've struggled with a lot in my life. You know what I mean? It's been a very mm-hmm. trial and error kind of thing. Um, in sports, sometimes, especially being a goalie can kind of exacerbate that, mm-hmm. you know, those feelings and stuff. Um, which then obviously you lose focus. Um, for me, like I was always the type of person growing up was like, oh, I got it. I got it. This is all on me. Like I can fix this. I can do this. Right. Yeah. And there was some point in high school where I was like, I cannot do this all on my own. You know what I mean? So I know as hard as it is sometimes to reach out when you're in those slumps, it's like finding someone safe or someone that you can reach out to and like just have a conversation or some guidance, right. Or some advice that you trust. I think just having a go-to person, whether that's a parent or a coach or even a teammate, you know, having like someone that you can kind of debrief with Mm -hmm. is really important. I think, you know, the problem is, is like, we talk about it all the time and like, college and stuff is like mental health is a big deal. And we're now starting to realize like we're needing more resources and we're needing to have more conversation. You know what I mean? So I think 
finding someone that you are comfortable with reaching out as hard as that is being able to do that is works wonders. You know what I mean? So like yeah. I've been in counseling. I'm not ashamed of it. I think there's some taboo around counseling and mental health and stuff, you know, but just being like, I'm not abnormal. I just have these struggles and like, you know, I can't fix these all on my own. I think people who try to do things independently, like, you know, just like me, like have struggles, can't get through it. You know what I mean? So having someone that you can bounce ideas off of and kind of trust with that information is, it was something that was super important for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have found, I don't know what your experience is. I have found lacrosse goalies. It's an amazing community, right? And, you know, if somebody, young girls going through some issues and, and, you know, uh, DMs coach Strellinger on, on Instagram, I mean, I'm sure you'll respond, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and especially like, um, in regards to sexuality, I know that that's another tough thing. That was a hugely like tough thing for me. Um, cause you never know, like, you know, we live in a society where, um, we've been told like either that's wrong or you're never going to see that representation on TV and stuff like growing up. Like it was always your normal same sex couple family, stuff like that. And now we're seeing kind of a shift in that. Um, you know, I'm recently out like maybe two years ago. So still kind of fresh for me, um, and stuff. And that's something I definitely struggle with. And, one of the posts, the reluctant leader, that um, whole article, one of them was like, my DMs are all, always open, is what I said mm-hmm. in the captions. Like, I'm always here as that resource. And that's kind of what I was touching on earlier was like, for me, like, my person was Hayes. Like, what yeah. with our mat talks and our trainings and just our conversations, like, you can tell when someone's struggling. You know what I mean? So I try to not only, like, pay attention to the lacrosse aspects, but I always am continually checking in on the girls that I work with. You know, if I'm in the Bay and I don't see my Oregon girls for a while, I'm always like, Hey, how's recruiting going? Hey, how's season going? Like, Hey, let me know if you need anything, you know, just always being that constant option for them. Like, I'm not just your coach, but I'm here to support you in everything. Like I said earlier. So I've had some really valuable conversations and like, it makes me so happy that like, I can be that person for people. Um, whether it's mental health or frustrations, in lacrosse or life or sexuality, like, you know, I want to be that resource for people and kind of be that person that maybe in some cases I didn't have, you know, more specifically in regards to sexuality. Um, that was definitely a very scary part for me, but, you know, I definitely want to be that person for others. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. My DMs are always open and hit me with anything. I do virtual calls. I'll call you on the phone, like happy to talk about whatever. Love it. Love it. Coach, Coach Strellinger, Riley, this is awesome. Um, uh, amazing chat. A lot of, lot of, lot of great nuggets in there. You and I are very alike in a lot of ways. Uh, I was also number 30. Did you know that? Really? Okay. Yeah, That's there we cool. go. Two Cal number 30 goalies. Awesome. Uh, also, I'm very passionate about this position like you. And there's, there was this young goalie that emailed me uh, over the summer, last summer. And just, it was like a, it was a long one. It was a long one, right? I mean, there was some heavy stuff in there about, you know, feeling disappointed and letting her parents down and and all this stuff. And I still think about that girl. Like I still email her back. I'm like, Hey, I'm just checking in like everything good, you know? Cause I, I feel like that's, that's how you are. And that's how a lot of people in the lacrosse goalie community are like, it's very small community. We got to look out for each other. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. And like, I didn't 
play with many goalies growing up, like maybe once or twice here and there. So like now being in college with two other goalies that can relate to me, that we can bounce <laughs> ideas off of, you know, right. that help critique things like super important. Uh, I love the sense of community, not only in goalies. I mean, I always loved it at camps and stuff, just being in goalie world and just having people just who understand your position. So yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm here for even field players, whatever they need. You know what I mean? Like I want to be that resource and my DMS are always open. My texts are always open, uh, and continually check on your people. That's like my biggest advice. Just check on your people. You never know what people are going through. So totally that constant communication. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Riley, is there anything else you wanted to hit on? I feel like we got it all. I think that was great. I had an awesome time and I, I really appreciate you having me on here. All right. If you had to leave the goalies out there, one final piece of advice, what what would that be? Ooh, that's a tough one. I feel like I got a lot in there, but it's just like believe in yourself. I know that that is kind of cliche, but like seriously, sometimes you're the only one rooting for, for yourself. You know, you're the only one on the field. You got to be your own cheerleader. Hype yourself up. You know, when you make a save, like get hyped, you know, yeah. bring that energy to yourself because you know, sometimes people aren't going to be doing that for you. So especially in an isolated position, only one on the field, like believe in yourself, believe in the skills you have and that you've worked on and just play your game. Go bears. Go bears. (laughs) Thank you so much, Riley. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. That was a couple cow goalies talking shop. Riley Drullinger, number 30, as I was number 30 uh, in net. Good to see number 30 back in net for those California Golden Bears. And going to be fun to watch Riley uh, during this season. Cal did not have a great season record-wise uh, last season, the women's team I'm referring to. So hopefully they can turn it around. They got a brand new coach, as Riley mentioned in the podcast That'll do it. That'll do it. We'll be back next week with another episode. If you're still listening, thank you so much. Lacrosse Goalie Summit 8 is here. GoalieSummit.com. Free ticket. Five days of amazing lacrosse goalie coaching. Here's the best part. It's all free. So get your free ticket. You'll start to get the links. Uh, December 19th through the 23rd, we've got 19 amazing coaches, pro goalies, college goalies, sports psychologists, special guests, Going to be an amazing event, Lacrosse Goalie Summit 8, goaliesummit.com to get your free ticket. In the meantime, get out there, get some work in, do well and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. 